Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Pod bless everybody. I'm your host of OPP, Corey Cambridge. And before we get started with this amazing episode, I want to tell you about my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants is a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. Ever wondered who made the MTV logo? Did you know the person who wrote Earth, Wind & Fire's hit song September? Also wrote the theme song for the hit 90s TV show Friends? On Silent Giants, we learn more about these amazing people and dig deep to learn more about their most famous works. Be sure to check out Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce you to our special guest of OPP. Hi, I'm Terry O'Reilly. I'm the host of Under the Influence, and this is OPP. Pod bless everybody and welcome back to another episode of OPP. Other people's podcast highlights America's top podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Terry O'Reilly, host of the amazing podcast, Under the Influence. Under the Influence gives listeners a rare backstage pass into the hallways, boardrooms, and recording studios of the advertising industry. Terry O'Reilly shares fascinating and humorous stories that connect the dots between pop culture, marketing, and human nature. In this episode, we get to learn more about Terry. We learn about his career in the advertising industry. He shares some exciting Exciting news at the very end of this episode. We get his podcasters picks, and of course, we get into his dope show under the influence. So, without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Terry O'Reilly. Yo, Terry, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm very good, Corey. Great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Man, you sound so good, even over like just the over the phone, you sound fantastic. Well, <laughs> well thanks. High praise. I'll take it. But when, when it, I have to ask, because I, I feel like you have a voice that is, it's a talent. It, it's a gift. Like When did you know that you had a, a great voice? Well, the funny thing is, I spent my entire career, which is, which is going on 40 years now, as an advertising guy. And I spent 25 of the last 40 years directing commercials. In other words, I spent most of my career, Corey, on the other side of the glass. I never did any voice work. I never did anything of the kind. I was always the director of voices and talent. So when we pitched this radio show, which became my podcast 15 years ago to CBC, uh, we I that was my first um, toe in the water of actually being of a narrator or a voiceover artist. Who told you or made you aware that, hey, uh, I think you might be really good at this speaking thing? <laughs> I don't think anybody told me. I think we, we just, myself and another friend went in to pitch the show to CBC all those years ago. And then we, they liked the idea of it. 
which surprised us, by the way. We never thought the, the advertising-free CBC would take a show on advertising. But then when it came time to produce it, I thought myself and Mike Tennant was the other, was name of, of the other guy that uh, pitched this with me. We th- I thought he and I would do the show together, but then when he told me he didn't want to be, he just wanted to be the producer of it, suddenly I found myself as the solo host of the show, which, which was never the plan. You know, I want to get a little bit into your, your background in the world uh, of advertising. How did you first break into the industry of advertising? I went to Ryerson uh, University in Toronto. They had a, a radio and television course. We're talking in the late 70s now, Corey. So uh, I knew I wanted to be in broadcast, but didn't know exactly where. We had a lecture class every Wednesday morning where somebody from the industry would come in and talk to us about their, you know, what they did for a living. It might be documentary filmmakers or reporters or uh, feature filmmakers. One day, an advertising uh, team came in and talked to us about the advertising world, you know, about creating ideas and working with strategies and working with actors and studios and photographers. And I sat in the back of that room, Corey, and I saw my future. That was it. So I knew I wanted to be in the advertising business. So out of, out of university, I tried to get a job in advertising agencies. Nobody would have me because I was too green. And I managed to land a job at a radio station as the copy chief. Didn't know what I was doing, by the way. And that's how I fell in love with radio, the serendipity of that detour. And from there, just to, in 25 words or less, I then made my way into major advertising agencies for 10 years as a writer. And then in 1990, I co-founded Pirate Radio and Television, which was an audio production company that produced radio and television commercials. And that was where I was until 2012. So uh, from your time breaking into the advertising industry, how has the climate climate changed from when you first entered the industry into you know, where it was when you left the industry? It's completely changed and completely the same at the same time, meaning... It's completely changed because the digital world has turned it upside down. I mean, in my in the bulk of my career, it was traditional media, social, and the internet had really not landed. So my world was predominantly radio, television, print, and billboards. And then everything changed with the onset of digital technology. But what hasn't changed is it's still a business about ideas. You know, social media is great, but they're just channels. It's what co- what ideas are you putting into those channels? So that aspect of the business has never changed. I'm sure advertising has changed so much due to technology as well, and as you mentioned with digital. But what is like the the common uh, the common link between good advertising and what makes good advertising, despite the the medium? Yeah. Well, it it really is ideas. It's the quality of the idea. Advertising is about having a great strategy, first and foremost. In other words, what is the selling idea? What is the way you're going to position a product against its competition? And then once you figure that strategy out, which is the most important thing, then you express that creatively with an idea. So that is the link. It doesn't matter if it's Twitter or Instagram, or a television commercial, or a an online ad, it still is what is the idea driving the message. Never changed. Um, so I'm based here in New York City, which is, you know, has a strong advertising presence, uh, being that, you know, it's a large global market. But what is the advertising uh, scene like in, in Canada? And how has Canada played a role or its contributions in the advertising world? 
You know, for starters, my company had four recording studios in New York City for many years, by the way, in Union Square. So we were there a lot. Um, there's a there's an interesting difference between Canadian and American advertising that I've always found, and that is we're a little bit more influenced in some ways by British sensibilities, being Canada and that link to the Commonwealth, I guess. We love self-deprecating humor a lot. That's a real Canadian characteristic. And I find that a lot of American advertising doesn't go that, it just goes a different way when it comes to humor. But Canadian humor, as a rule, is self-deprecating. And we, we just find that really, really funny. You founded Pirate Radio, like you mentioned earlier in, in the conversation. Uh, what kind of inspired you? I know you mentioned that in, in college uh, that you had some interest in, in broadcasting. But what made you kind of go into that realm of when you start your own production company, even though you were in the advertising world. It, it seems like you had a, a vision, you know, for content before the content revolution really kicked off. You know what it was? That's a really interesting question. You know what it was? I, I created the company I could not find. So as a writer in an advertising agency, the, the process is you come up with an idea for a campaign, you present it to the client, the client hopefully approves it, and then you have to get that idea produced if it was you know, a broadcast uh, uh, idea. I would, if I had radio or television scripts I needed produced, I would then, you hire a production company. It could be in Toronto, it could be Vancouver, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, wherever you choose. You hire a director. And my experience was always the same. I would hire these very expensive top-rated directors, and they would always run away with my work. They would always try and change it or take out the selling in it and just concentrate on the humor. I was always fighting to save my commercial from the director, and it drove me crazy. And one day I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. There has to be a company somewhere in the world that protects ideas and understands what went into an idea. By the time it gets to a production house, it's run a gauntlet of, of approvals, you know, from creative directors to clients. So that was the company we created, Corey. It was a, a company run by writers because I was a writer. So I knew what an idea was all about. I knew what the marketing was. And I had a love of audio. So that mix of protecting ideas and understanding audio was what Pirate was. It was the company I could not find. And uh, how did it come to be that you would land at the CBC? Every year, I would put on a big creative radio writing seminar day. So I would rent a big theater here in Toronto that would seat two or 300 people, usually around 200 people. I would invite 200 young copywriters from the advertising world, and I would get up on that stage, Corey, for seven hours and I would teach them how to create radio. So I talk about script structure and use of sound effects and music and casting and studio protocol and how to present a radio script, etc. And I would do that every year, once a year. It was a big event. And one day, someone said to me, a friend said to me, you know that radio seminar you do every year? That would make a really interesting radio show. And I said, uh, getting back to what I said when we first started talking, I said, who would ever run that show? And my friend said, I think the CBC would. And that's when I said, you mean the advertising free CBC is going to run a show on advertising? And he said, I think they'd run that one. So we laughed about that. And I went home and I couldn't get it out of my mind. And then 
a friend of mine named Mike Tennant and myself decided to just try pitching that idea, as crazy as it sounded, to CBC. We never thought for a moment they would ever buy it. We thought they might say to us, interesting idea, not for us, but maybe we could do something else together. That would have been a successful meeting. But we presented that idea because we said, here was the pitch in a nutshell, by the way, which is interesting. Just how short a pitch can be and you could land something. We basically said to CBC, advertising is like architecture. It's everywhere in your life. Most people hate it. They think it's annoying and intrusive and they wish they would, it would go away. But advertising is the study of human nature and it's fascinating. It's about what makes us tick. And I said, Mike and I are not pundits or academics. We're working ad men in the trenches and we have access. And that was the pitch. And CBC leaned back in their chair and they said, we'll take it. And then, then Mike and I had to figure out how to put together a radio show. One thing that I teach in, in podcasting myself when I teach at universities about podcasting is thinking about how to take your show and creating it into multiple pillars. So how can your podcast exist not only in audio, but in video or events or merchandising? Uh, one thing is you've uh, released a book, This I Know, which is um, kind of influ- has been influenced by your podcast. For listeners listening to the podcast now, tell me about your book, This I Know. It's an interesting thing because the radio show in the podcast is aimed at the average person. The average, I hate the word consumer, but the average shopper, the average person. My intent with the radio show and the podcast is to explain the world of advertising to an average person. My book, This I Know, um, Marketing Lessons from Under the Influence, is the other end of the telescope. It's aimed at marketers. So that book is, if you don't have a big advertising budget, if you don't have an advertising agency on speed dial, That's the book for you because I wrote that for small to medium advertisers. And again, it's the other end of the telescope because my show is not aimed at marketers. It's aimed at average people. You know what, Terry, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get to your podcast, Under the Influence. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And Terry, we are back. So, Terry, tell me, how did you first discover the medium of podcasting? And I especially want to know this answer, being that your background was in radio. Well, I loved audio. My background was in radio. So creating soundscapes and interesting audio, you know, mixing was really my skill set. We started podcasting a decade ago when it was really new. There wasn't 800,000 podcasts on iTunes at that point. And... It was kind of an experiment then to see, you know, how it would go. And I had to make a different version of the show because you can't have copyright music in a podcast. So we had to create a completely different version. I wasn't limited by time like I am on CBC. So instead of just having a 27-minute and 30-second show, I could put a little more content into the podcasts. 
And something interesting happened. We saw the numbers started to come in, the the ratings and the amount of downloads, and it was extraordinary to me how soon and how quick we got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads. And what was really interesting to me was that it was a much younger uh, demographic than a typical CBC listener, because a typical CBC listener is probably 45 years old. And a typical podcast listener that was listening to my show was in their 20s and 30s. So I was, I was able to reach a much, much younger demographic with podcasts, which really expanded the reach of my show. For folks who are listening to the podcast right now, who, has, who haven't heard Under the Influence, give me the elevator pitch for the show. It is a backstage pass to the closed world of advertising. That's my elevator pitch. In other words, I'm an ex-ad man who takes you into the boardrooms and hallways and recording studios of the advertising business to show you how the decisions are made. We like to call you in hip-hop an OG in the advertising game. Um, But what have you learned from your podcast that you didn't know before you started it? Hmm, There's a a very good question. What have I learned? Well, I think... I probably get more feedback from podcast listeners than people who listen to my radio show over the air. And it's kind of easy to determine that by how what they say in the email. So the, the back and forth is uh, much greater on podcasting, I find, than, than over terrestrial radio. So that was a big learning experience because we have so much email coming in, it can almost be a full-time job. And I'm a big believer in customer service, Corey, so we really try to answer every single email and post on Instagram or, or Twitter that we get. So that, that, that's, that was a big learning curve for us. The other thing we learned, very interesting, sometimes your biggest haters are your biggest fans. And that was an interesting insight to us that came via podcasting. And, and here's what I mean by that. Most of the emails and messages we get from listeners, podcast listeners, is very positive, just really wonderful. They'll send me episode ideas. They'll tell me how much they love the show. They'll make suggestions that are really terrific. And then there's a small percentage of really nasty emails. So I'll get an email, for example, that'll say, Dear Idiot, comma. And then they'll tell me why they violently disagreed with something I've said. In the early days, I would take great offense to those emails, and I'd want to send back an email that said, you know, dear idiot to you, comma. But I didn't. Uh, But what we decided to do instead was to respond with kindness. So we would always respond to those nasty emails, and we'd say, we got your email. You clearly uh, feel very strongly about the subject. Let me just expand a little bit further on what I meant, and I want to hear back from you. And what happened there was the next email would, would say this, I can't believe you responded, I love your show. And that was from the person who said, dear idiot, in the first email. So that was an epiphany to us, Corey, that sometimes your greatest haters are your biggest fans just because they love you, love you, love you. Then you say something they don't agree with and they get really angry. It's like Apple. I love Apple. All my products are Apple. And the second Apple stops working, I want to throw something through the window at Apple, even though I love the brand. It's because I love them so much, right? I've had the pleasure with this show 
of, you know, I'm obviously an American and I'm based in New York City, um, but I get the chance with this podcast to connect with other podcasters around the world and in other countries and kind of their insight into, you know, how they create their podcast and their creative process. And being that America is kind of the uh, culture capital of the world and um, uh, globally people love our love our culture and everything about us from our movies to our music when you're creating your podcast is there ever a a challenge or is there any intent in relating to an american audience or to a global audience that's a good question i i would say that i don't let that get in the way and I know we have listeners, we just got recent um, uh, research that was interesting that said in the last four months, we've had over 3 million downloads around the world. And it went country by country, which is fascinating to me to see people in Russia listening or in, you know, Pakistan or in India, which is, you know, eye opening to me. But I try not to let that get in the way of the storytelling. Little adjustments I will make for an American audience in particular is I will, if I'm talking about mileage, I'll say it's, you know, 130 kilometers here in Canada or 130 miles in the U.S. Like I'll I'll say that, I'll say both measurements in the same sentence or if I'm talking inches and centimeters. And so it's, I try and not exclude American listeners by only using the metric system. So that, and that's about the only big concession I make to that, Corey, because the stories I tell, many of which emanate, emanate from Madison Avenue, Americans can easily it has no no border issues. Terry, for listeners, for listeners who are listening to this podcast right now from all over the world, um, who are going to go tune into Under the Influence after listening to this interview, what do you want them to walk away with from listening to your show? Is there like an underlying message or theme that you're looking to get across? You're hitting me with really big questions, Corey. I would say... And I mentioned this earlier, that you may never think in a million years you would ever consider listening to a podcast about marketing and advertising. You would think that would be the bottom of your list. But I say to your listeners, give us a shot. Give us a listen, because this show is really about human nature. It's about what makes us tick. It's about what is it about the color blue that so many marketers adopt because blue is such a powerful color in our culture. Why are the six mo- six of the top colors in crayons shades of blue? Why is that? And how do marketers use that? And why do we hate to buy distressed products like tires and... Uh, uh, washers and dryers, those th- and things that we hate but we have to purchase. How do marketers convince us to buy those things when we don't want to? What's what's going on there? And why does the ad you hate the most this year sell the most product? What's going on in that ad? So what I do is try to explore human nature through the the prism, if you will, of advertising. And, and Terry, before we get into our podcaster's picks, uh, you said before we went live that there was some exciting news that you wanted to share uh, on the show. So tell me the exciting news you want to share. I do. I do. I do want to share some exciting news. So we believe in podcasts so strongly. It's changed our lives so much at our show that we have actually launched a new podcast production company called the Apostrophe Podcast Production Company. 
hence the apostrophe in the name O'Reilly, Corey. It's an in-joke because the apostrophe in my last name, in our last name, is the bane of our existence in a digital world because the digital world can't accept an apostrophe. You can accept a hashtag, but try putting an apostrophe in a name. Try checking into a hotel and they can't find your name because the apostrophe is throwing off their computer. Anyway, that's hence the name of the company. But we're excited to, to announce we're launching our very first original podcast at the end of this month. It's called We Regret to Inform You, The Rejection Podcast. And in this series, we explore the careers of successful people who faced debilitating career rejection early in their careers. And we document and tell the story of that rejection. And then we, think, then we talk about how they overcame those enormous uh, uh, speed bumps in their career. And then we analyze how they did it. And it's a really inspiring series to know that, you know, an author gets rejected by 30 publishers in a row. And what kept that, pub that author going after 10 rejections, after 20 rejections? And then that novel that nobody wanted finally finds a publisher and sells a million copies in its first year. How can so many people be so wrong? That's what that show is about. Why was this so important for you to create this podcast? We want to tell, we're storytellers. We want to tell more stories. So this, the podcast slate we have planned really has got nothing to do with marketing, which is, of course, my career skill set. It's really all about storytelling. We're finding great stories, great themes we can build podcast series around, and we, and we want to tell those stories. Wow. Well, I cannot wait to tune in. I love that topic. So I will definitely be tuning into the show. And congratulations on everything. And Terry, Terry, we've come to a, a, a very, very exciting part of the show called our podcasters picks. So Terry, this is when I ask the guests of today's show to provide me with their top three favorite podcasts that they enjoy that we should be listening to and describe them to the audience. So Mr. O'Reilly, take it away. Okay. I am a huge fan of Here's the Thing, Alec Baldwin's podcast. I listen to it all the time. I never miss it. I, I love it because he's as curious as I am. And he's, his range of guests is interesting from artists to authors to politicians to fellow actors. He's very funny. He's, uh, uh, and he is fearless. And I kind of love that about him. So I love Here's the Thing. I'm also a fan of Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert, another interview show. I think he's just, it's the length of time he gets to spend with his, with his interview subjects, kind of like Howard Stern, where he gets to spend, you know, an, you know, 90 minutes with somebody so he can really explore. And he's a very smart guy who asks very interesting questions. And he lays his life bare, too, which is, which is endearing, I think, as an interviewer. So I love Dax's show. I love how I built this. That would be my third pick, Corey, because it, I love how the stories of how people build businesses because it's, it's where I spent most of my life helping other entrepreneurs build their businesses. So I love to hear the stories of famous and not so famous brands and how the founders built those companies. So those are, those are my top three that I never miss. And uh, Terry, before we get out of here, my closing question is, why do you podcast? Because I love to tell stories, and podcasting lets me reach an audience that I never could reach before. Well, Mr. O'Reilly, 
it's such a pleasure having you on the podcast. I'm a big fan of you. I'm a big fan of your show. You are an inspiration in the space of podcasting. You're doing it big for your country or Canada. And it's such an honor to have you on OPP today. Forever, forever grateful. And everyone, please go check out Under the Influence on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks, Corey. It's a real pleasure to be on your show. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Terry O'Reilly. You can find Under the Influence and his new show, We Regret to Inform You, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Six Sense. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. And are you down with OPP? If so, please be sure to leave me a five-star review in the Apple app and let me know your favorite podcasts in the review section. Lastly, before we get out of here, check out my other show, Silent Giants, which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. And you can find that on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Well, I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Pa bless everybody. Till next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.